I'm Kylie, founder of Akanel Expeditions, the best adventure travel company that you've never heard of. This is a 35,000 feet podcast where we interview interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. From the next big CEO to coaches of your favorite teams to everyone in between, we've got stories to tell. Let's jump in. Hi guys, welcome back. It's Morgan. Today I'm sitting down with David, who's the Pepperdine men's volleyball coach. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks Morgan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you and we're excited to get to know you more. So one of the questions I wanted to um, ask you about is, tell us about the highs and lows of your current season. Yeah, I mean, we didn't expect the current season to come to an end two weeks ago, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> we thought we would still be playing volleyball and we thought we'd be ramping up to to get into some real high-level volleyball here in a few weeks. So, um, you know, the low is probably finding out or having to tell our team that the spring championships have been canceled. But, you know, there's always always a positive that comes from every sort of trial and tribulation that we have to go through. So the positive is uh, all our athletes get another year back if they want to choose to oh. use that. And the details will be ironed out by the NCAA in the next few weeks. But um, so there's some, there's some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of, you know, not, not too often in life do you get a chance to redo things, but we might have a chance to redo some things here pretty soon. So, um, wow. That might be the high and the low. <laughs> yeah. Know, but, um, you know, the high, I guess, for us up to this point was just we had a we had a lot of turnover. I think we graduated mm-hmm. all of our starters except for one. So oh, wow. just getting into the gym every day with this young group of guys and, and seeing how well they developed and the learning that took place, you know, that curve was pretty steep, and but it was a fun process to be a part of. So. Uh, I think every day just getting into the gym with these guys and and learning and teaching uh, was a lot of fun. So yeah. uh, highs and lows, I don't know if the highs, uh, the highs were sort of daily. And just, I think, even though it came to an abrupt halt, I think there's a lot of positives that will come out of it, you know, in the years to come. Oh, I love that. That's And that's awesome that you said that the athletes get a year back, too. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. The NCAA, I mean, it's outside of everybody's control. And I think that's the that's the one positive that we took away. Uh, you know, a year ago, I don't know how many people know, but over a year ago, uh, Malibu, a, a large fire came through Malibu, and we mm-hmm. were displaced for about 20 days. And um, so we actually had – had some experience, you know, dealing with this online learning and being away from each other and the unknown, except at that point, it was just Pepperdine. It wasn't any other university. So there's Uh a little bit of consolation knowing that everybody's going through this. And the NCAA responded super quickly with uh, letting everybody know the spring athletes would get a year back. And so our guys knew the very next day that that would be an option. Uh, They don't know the, the intricate details of all of it, but just knowing that the NCAA was all over it just gave them uh, some peace of mind. So it was cool. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that I'm glad that they still get that opportunity. And it's, it's cool that it's still working even with like online and things like that. So that. yeah. And the, these guys are so tech savvy, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> for somebody that's a little bit older, it might be a, be a challenge with these guys. I think it's been pretty seamless. Oh, yes, exactly. It's true. Generations. <laughs> yeah. How did you get to be a coach there at Pepperdine? What's your story? Yeah. Sort of, sort of just by chance. You know, I started when I was 20, 21 years old as a graduate manager or a undergraduate manager, actually, but I wasn't an undergrad student at Pepperdine. I was an undergrad student at UCLA and 
Um, I originally started out at junior college and I had played there and I transferred uh, to UCLA and I wasn't doing anything volleyball related, um, looking to make some extra money. So I started coaching and I figured if I was going to coach, I might as well figure out what the heck I was doing. So I took a coaching <laughs> clinic and the coaching clinic was actually hosted at Pepperdine. So I happened to cross paths with Marv, who was the current head coach and who was the head coach before me for about 40 years. <laughs> um, and parallel to that, the coach that uh, had coached me at Pierce College was also the assistant at Pepperdine at the time. So there was, there was a nice parallel there. Um, so I got to know Marv and uh, became familiar with the university, the program. My last year at UCLA, Marv had asked me if I wanted to come and check out practice and see the guys train. So I came up and watched and he kept inviting me back and then ultimately wow. offered me an undergrad position, a uh, manager position. And oh, awesome. at that time, yeah, at that time, I, I didn't sort of know what was going to come of it. You know, I definitely never thought I was going to be the next head coach at Pepperdine, you know, 11 years later, 12 years later. <laughs> yeah. But it was an opportunity to be around somebody that was having a positive impact on people's lives and to combine a passion, which was volleyball. And I knew I wanted to go into some sort of coaching. At, in college, I was originally thinking of being a strength and conditioning coach. I never thought that I would coach a sport, but I did have a passion for watching people get better, learning, teaching. Um, I didn't know in what capacity that would be. And then I got to see one of the best in coaching ever do it for 11 years. So I think being around somebody that's mm -hmm. good at anything they do is, is fascinating, let alone something that you're also interested in doing. It's true. Well, and that's so cool. I love hearing like how coaches get to where they're at. So I do have a question that for you, what yeah, have you yeah. learned most since being a coach, I guess? Ooh, yeah, it, that's <laughs> tough. I, Cause I don't know if I can separate the two, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're a young person, you think you know it all. And then as you get older, <laughs> you realize you didn't know anything. Right. And yeah. so when I was 20, 21, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And that was probably the best thing to happen to me. Here I am sitting with one of the best volleyball coaches in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was sort of like the movie, the karate kid, you know, I didn't, you know, wax on wax off. And I just thought, you know, we were doing some stupid drill or whatever it was. And here I got to sit with Marv and watch a video and hear what he saw and what he looked at. And I guess the positive was I wasn't breaking a habit that I had. It wasn't like I was coming in to this realm and sort of bringing my thoughts and, you know, how I thought things should be done. I was sort of this blank slate of just, Hey, you know, teach me or, you know, I'm open to learning whatever you have to share. So yeah. we would sit there and I would run video for him and, you know, he'd tell me to pause or play or rewind or whatever it was. And then it was, Hey, well, you know, here's what we're watching here. Do you know why we're watching this? And I would just say, no, you know, <laughs> well, here's why we're watching this and slowly over time. I think I did that for two years and over time I just picked up sort of what he was watching. I don't even think it's fair to say that I now watch what he was watching because, you know, he still sees things that, you know, I would love to be able to see. It would take me multiple times to watch video to be able to see some of the stuff that he sees, but just uh, getting some insight into to one of the world's best. Wow. Oh, no, that is so cool. And um, one thing that you pointed out, it's kind of like how to process and you, you keep learning, you keep growing. And so I love yeah. that. Yeah. And you know, to go to backtrack a little bit, I think, you know, you're saying what did I learn? And basically I can just say I learned everything, but 
what always impressed me was here I was sitting next to, to one of the best to, to ever coach. And we would be discussing how to teach something. And he had no problem picking up the phone and calling anybody and asking them how they taught whatever skill it was that we were discussing. And I was thinking, here's one of the best to ever do it. And he is humble enough and, you know, bold enough to call somebody that he's never really talked to and ask them how they teach the skill in their gym. And I'm thinking, well, most people should be calling you. Why are you calling somebody <laughs> else? But I think just that desire to learn and to grow became infectious for coaches around and people in the program, people that just interacted with them. And so that's probably rubbed off on me. So I'm finding myself in this downtime writing random coaches that are probably wondering why the heck I'm writing them, but I want to know, yeah. you know, why they teach their team or what they teach their team because their teams are pretty good at things. And every coach that I've reached out to has been super responsive. So that's been fun. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it just shows that yeah. you have a desire to like learn and grow and improve and help your team, which is a great quality to have as a coach. So I, I, I respect that. Yeah. You know, and I think we owe it to our players, right? And the only promise we can make is that we're going to try our hardest to coach them up, teach them up. And uh, I don't know everything. I definitely don't know everything. And, you know, we're not undefeated in the last few years. So there's some yeah. room to grow for sure. Yeah, well, and I love that, you know, that motivation, that effort, that rubs off on players. Players and coaches, you know, they rely on each other. And so that's awesome. I'm excited to, like, keep watching your team and see where you go. <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully we keep trending the right direction. <laughs> you will. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, I guess on to the next question. What's been one of your most memorable travel experiences? Yeah, there's there's been a lot of them. I've been, been lucky enough to work with uh, different international programs the last – you know, 11 years, uh, 12 years now, 13, wow. I've lost count. But um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think you have to say going to the Olympic Games was was a highlight. Um, but it, it wasn't a highlight because it was the Olympics. It was sort of, you set this goal. We went in 2016. So that had been my goal for eight years. And that had been when I first started coaching, that was what I wanted to do. You know, I saw Marv who had been to eight Olympic Games, I think. So naturally, I that was the path I wanted to follow. Wow. But when you set goals, part of the issue with setting goals is when you finally reach your goal, what do you do? And mm -hmm. here we are the night of opening ceremonies and, you know, we're watching all the athletes enter in and I'm just thinking, you know, is this all really, it was cracked up to be. And in, when I say that it's, you're sitting there and you, you gave up a lot of birthdays, you know, a lot of family time, a lot of personal time. There's been a lot of sacrifices to get to that point. And the athletes sacrifice much more than the coaches, I think. But, uh, as a coach, you know, there's just a lot of time in that journey that you've put in and then you start to think, you know, was it all worth it? And I mean, don't get me wrong. I would do it all again. And I'm, I'm not yeah. saying that it wasn't, but <laughs> you start to, you start to reevaluate your priorities and you start to look at, all right, the Olympic games were over. We got a bronze medal and volleyball life still continued. We still had to fly back home and it's not <laughs> yeah. like the world ended. So then, you know, there was no plan or goal after that. So I had to reevaluate what I was doing, not in terms of coaching, but just, you know, what was I going to put my mind to? And then, I think that translates also to what we're telling our athletes, you know, so we're a lot about the process and focusing on daily improvements. So then as a coach, how can I implement that in my own life? And 
what kind of coach do I want to be? Do I want to be transactional? Do I want to be transformational? If I want to be a transformational coach, which is the decision that I've made, then how do I go about that on a daily basis? And if I focus on that on a daily basis, I find that, you know, the reward is much more something that I feel every day. You know, I go home and I feel like, man, I got my money's worth and I sort of leaves me with a good feeling. And when you're coaching in college, you have a opportunity to be a transformational coach on a pretty deep level in lots of different areas much more often than fine. Yeah. Well, and I, I love how you set goals and you put your mind to it and you accomplish that because your team's going to follow that and you guys are going to keep being successful because of that hard work and, you know, that desire to have goals and accomplish them. We've done away with the goal setting so much and it's now it's just about a standard for living and it's, yeah. With our athletes, it's much more of here's our personal philosophy and how do we live to it every day. And I think that is much more impactful. And, yeah, there will be some things that we're striving to meet along the way. But I think if our process is rock solid, then we'll, you know, accomplish all the goals. But if a goal is to win conference, which I hear a lot of athletes when they first get to our gym, hey, I want to win conference. I want to be an All-American. Okay, well, those things are outside of our control because what happens if the bad guys are just better than us this year? Mm-hmm. You know, does that mean that our season was a failure or were failures? And so trying to get them to live to a standard. So we talk a lot more about standards, not just technical standards, you know, in terms of statistics, but standards for how we want to live or how we want to do things. So the phrase that gets thrown out a lot in our gym is just volley- playing volleyball is something that we do. Being a volleyball player is not who we are. Now we have these ingrained traits or these inherent traits that make us good at volleyball. You know, maybe I'm a competitor. Maybe I, I strive to be connected, right? So that makes me a really good teammate. And that happens to, to translate to the volleyball court really well. But being a volleyball player is just something that you do. If you attach an identity to it, I think that's a slippery slope specifically for, for young people. Wow. No, I love that. What was that quote you said again? It was... Oh, just that being a volleyball, like playing volleyball is something that we do. It's not who we are, you know, and being a volleyball player is is something that we're doing. It's not who we are. And unfortunately, I think when we're growing up, you know, we get an identity for for those Mm -hmm. things. I am a volleyball coach. Well, I coach volleyball, but I want to be great in my relationships. I want to be good for the people around me. You know, I want to be a servant leader. So all of those things can make me a good volleyball coach, but a volleyball coach is not who I am. Yeah. Oh, no, that is great advice. And anyone that listens to this, I, they'll love hearing that. So thank you. This is another question for athletes wanting to play at a team or university. What would your advice yeah. be to them? Huh, that's a great question. Oh, man, there's so much that rushes to my head. You know, part of it has to do with my process when I was younger. You know, I, the first thing is investigate where you're going and the people that you're going to be around because the people that you're going to be around are going to be specifically when we're looking at the high school athlete that's looking to go to college. You know, the people you meet in college are probably going to be the people that you go through life with for the most part. Um, Sometimes, you know, you stay in contact with your high school friends, your high school buddies, but for the most part, the relationships that you form in college are going to be the ones that last for the rest of your life. So make sure that the people that you're going to surround yourself with are people that you can see yourself going through big events with. And, and then I think you got to look at the academic component, right? Cause volleyball mm-hmm. can disappear real quick, whether it's an injury, it's uh, whether it's, you know, 
in a pandemic, a global pandemic, <laughs> yeah. that puts a stop to it. And yeah. that brings up, you know, will sports look the same when they resume? I don't know. But where you are, you know, you have to be surrounded by, by people that are like-minded that help you elevate uh, your current situation. So I'd pay a lot of attention to that. And then the last one would just be, be authentic to who you are. You know, mm-hmm. don't, don't put on what you think the coach wants to hear. Don't put on, uh, you know, what your parents want you to do. Just be authentic to who you are because in the recruiting process, I view that as me and the athlete getting to work on our communication because if the athlete ultimately wants to come to the university that I'm at, there's going to be a lot of tough conversations, but if we know each other pretty well and can communicate effectively, and we've been doing that for the last two and a half years already, then those conversations doesn't make it easier to have, but I know how to frame a conversation and I know sort of how to get the best out of that athlete. So I look at it as a lot of communication practice for potentially some tough conversations ahead over the next four and five years. So those conversations are really difficult to have if you're not being authentic or you're given a canned response that maybe you think mom and dad want you to give or your club coach yeah. wants you to give. And, and at the end of the day, I want to know the person that potentially I'm going to spend a lot of my time around because the athletes, if I'm going to invest so much time and energy with them and for them, I want it to be for people that I genuinely care about. If you're full of it and I don't yeah. necessarily want to spend a lot of time around you. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. And it sounds like you're just naming traits that are not only good for being an athlete, but good for life. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, I mean, you're using sport as a catalyst to teach some, some life skills, but it's, you know, we want athletes that are resilient, gritty, you know, that they can handle tough times. We don't want athletes that have to be happy to perform well. And they're all things that, like you said, are great life traits, qualities, whatever it is, you know, to being a functional human being. And, um, you know, we can train some of those things, but it definitely makes our job a lot easier as a coach if if you have some of those things ingrained. And, you know, habits and behaviors are hard to change. So uh, the more that you have coming into the situation, uh, the better. And the volleyball stuff, you know, in our sport, volleyball, that stuff is relatively easy compared to the personality things. So yeah, no, yeah. it's true. Oh, well, thank you for that great advice. Yeah. What's one thing that no one knows about you that you can share with us? Who? <laughs> probably, you know, probably because most of the time we're interacting with people in the gym or on the recruiting trail. But you know, I'm a really introverted person. If it, I mean, this social distancing stuff is great for me. You know, I, yeah. I hang out at home. I hang out with my significant other and our English bulldog. And <laughs> I can do that for the next yeah. six months and be happy as a clam. So, yeah. Um, yeah, probably that I'm an introvert, uh, wow. introvert at heart. And just because and it's not that that would be shocking for the people that are in my life and know me, you know, the athletes know that they can always find me in my office and they know that, you know, if I can spend 12 hours at work, and if all of it is spent in the office watching video, I'd be all about it. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, but just, you know, the people that don't know me too well and see from the outside, usually they've seen in the gym or usually they, they see in recruiting where we're much more interactive. So that's yeah, the only thing it's that, true. People wouldn't know. Yeah. So that's good to know about you. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> What's your next adventure? What's up next? Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anybody sort of knows what, what's going on. It's uh, true. Yeah, with so much uncertainty. I know 
Um, I, I like golf. I like it because I can go out and I can do it with my significant other and she enjoys it. We can compete and it's something that we can do together. So I've been on the constant search for a golf course that's open, even though oh. there's not, <laughs> not very yeah. many around. Um, so, <laughs> you know, in the near future, it'll be finding a golf course and getting outside and enjoying the nice weather. Uh, volleyball wise, we're spending a lot of time just focusing on our team for next year. And we return almost everybody. Um, so we have a talented young group. So just trying to prep and be good for them. And yeah, I don't know. We'll see what uh, life holds, but just a lot of stuff has been been put off, which I think has been great because we've been able to just shut it down. And then for me personally, focus on me and what's important to me and recalibrate. I think it's been good. Oh yeah, no, there's a lot of good that's come from this. And so um, yeah. I agree with you on those points. And that's fun that you're going to be golfing, looking for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, right now, I think the only golf courses around are, you know, 120 miles from here and they're walking only. So I might be getting some real good exercise. <laughs> you know, I, convinced to go get a tea time here pretty soon yeah that's true that's true yeah. <laughs> well good luck with that have fun golfing and thanks so much for letting us get a glimpse into your wonderful team yeah no i appreciate it thanks for taking the time and yeah it's always fun to talk uh talk about something that we're passionate about thanks for listening to the Thirty-five Thousand feet podcast where we chat with interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places do you have a story that you want to share? Visit www.acanela.com slash podcasts to share your story and be featured on our next episode of 35,000 Feet.